This is the St. Longinus' Baptism podcast channel. This is episode three of What the True Catholic Church Teaches. This is the part covering the creed, but first a prayer. This is called the Universal Prayer. It was composed by Pope Clement XI in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. Oh my God, I believe in you. Strengthen my faith. All my hopes are in you. Please secure them. I love you. Teach me how to love you. Daily, more and more. I'm sorry I have offended you. Do more to increase my sorrow. I love you as my first beginning. I aspire you as my last end. I give you thanks as my constant benefactor. I call upon you as my sovereign protector. Vouchsafe, O oh my God, to conduct me by your wisdom, to restrain me by your justice, and to comfort me by your mercy, and to defend me by your power. To you, I desire to consecrate all my thoughts, words, and actions and sufferings, that henceforth I may think of you, speak of you, and refer all my actions to your greater glory, and suffer willingly whatever you shall appoint. Lord, I desire in all things you will, your will may be done, because it is your will in the manner you will. I beg of you to enlighten my understanding, to inflame my will, to purify my body, and to sanctify my soul. Give me strength, O oh my God, to expiate my offenses, to overcome my temptations, to subdue my passions, and to acquire the virtues proper of my state in life. Fill my heart with tender affections for your goodness, hatred of my faults, love of my neighbor, and contempt of the world. May your grace help me to be submissive to my superiors, condescending to my inferiors, faithful to my friends, and charitable to my enemies. Assist me to overcome my sensuality by mortification, avarice by almsgiving, anger by meekness, and lukewarmness by devotion. O oh my God, make me prudent in my undertakings, courageous in my dangers, patient in my afflictions, and humble in, my, in prosperity. Grant that I may be ever attentive at my prayers, temperate at my meals, diligent in my employments, and consistent in my resolutions. Let my conscience be ever upright, pure, my exterior modest, my conversation edifying, and my comportment regular. Assist me that I may continue to labor to overcome nature, to correspond with your grace, to keep your commandments, and to work out my salvation. Make me realize, oh my God, the, nothing, the nothingness of this world, the greatness of heaven, the shortness of time, and the length of eternity. Grant that I may prepare for death, that I may fear your judgment, and in the end obtain heaven. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost.
Okay, the the uh, third the third part of the creed. is subtitled the remaining five articles of the creed containing the third person of the most holy trinity and the word of our sanctification question what do i mean what do i mean i believe in the holy ghost answer we mean that the Holy Ghost is the third person of the Most Holy Trinity who proceeds from the Father and Son. Question, when did the Holy Ghost come down visibly upon the apostles and what did he effect in them? Answer, the Holy Ghost came down visibly upon the apostles on the day of Pentecost. He confirmed, their, he confirmed them in their faith and filled them with the fullness of all gifts so that they might preach the gospel and spread the church throughout the whole world. Question, what work does the Holy Ghost do in the faithful? Answer, the Holy Ghost by his sanctifying grace, by the virtue he infuses, by his gifts and actual graces of every kind, sanctifies the faithful and he enlightens and moves them so if they cooperate with grace, they may obtain salvation. Question, what work does the Holy Ghost do in the church? The Holy Ghost perpetually gives life to the church by his ever-present help. He unites the church to himself and by his gifts guides her ineffably in the way of truth and holiness. Question, what do we mean by the Holy Catholic Church? Answer, we mean that there is a supernatural, visible, holy, and universal society which Jesus Christ founded while he was on earth and which he called his church. Question, why did Jesus Christ uh, found the church? Answer, Jesus Christ founded the church to continue his work on earth so through his church, the fruits of the redemption accomplished on the cross might be applied to men until the end of the world. Question, how did Jesus Christ will the church to be governed? Answer, Jesus willed the church to be governed by the authority of the apostles under Peter, who was their head and their lawful successors. Question, who is the lawful successor of St. Peter in governing the universal church? Answer, the rightful successor of St. Peter in governing the universal church is the Bishop of Rome, also known as the Roman Pontiff or Pope. Question, who are the successors of the apostles? Answer, the proper successors of the apostles are by divine institution, the bishops. They are set over particular churches by the Roman pontiff and govern them under their own authority, under the, under the Roman pontiff's authority. Question, 
which of all the various churches which claim the name of Christian is the true, true question, which, it, which of all the various churches which claim the name of Christian is the true church founded by Jesus Christ? Answer, the true church founded by Jesus Christ is governed by the Roman pontiff. Question, what power did Christ the Lord bestow upon his church in order that his church may accomplish his aims? Answer, Jesus Christ bestowed upon his church the powers of jurisdiction, order, and jurisdiction in teaching. Question, what is the power of teaching? Answer, the power of teaching is the right and duty of the church to guard, hand on, and maintain the doctrine of Jesus Christ and to preach it to every creature independently of any human authority. Question, who have the power of teaching in the church? Answer, the Roman pontiff, the bishops in communion with him have the power of teaching in the church. Question, is the church infallible in her office of teaching? Answer, the church is infallible in her office of teaching when either in the exercise of her ordinary and universal governance or by solemn pronouncement of the supreme authority she proposes for acceptance of all truths of the faith and morals that are either revealed in themselves or connected with revelation. Question, whose particular function is it to pronounce a solemn judgment of this kind? Answer, to pronounce a solemn judgment is for the Roman pontiff or with his bishops together, especially when assembled for an economical council or economical council. Question, what does the power of jurisdiction mean? Answer, the power of jurisdiction in the church means the Roman pontiff in respect of the whole church and the bishops in their diocese have the power of governing. That is, they have legislative, judicial, administrative, and punitive power to obtain the objectum to obtain the objective to which the church was founded. Question, what is the power of order? Answer, the power of order is the power of performing sacred functions, especially the ministering at the altar by the sacrament of holy order. This power is confirmed on the sacred hierarchy, especially on the bishops and its immediate purpose is to care i'm sorry its immediate purpose is for the care and salvation of souls question who are outside the church founded by jesus christ answer number one the unbaptized two open apostates heretics schismatics or excommunicated persons Question, can those outside the church be saved? Answer, 
those who are outside the church through their own fault, I repeat, those who are outside the church through their own fault cannot be saved. Those through no fault of their own who are outside of the church can be saved if they do not die in mortal sin. Question, what do we mean by the communion of saints? Answer, we mean that between the members of the church in heaven, in, pur in purgatory, and on earth, that there exists by reason of their close union with one another under Christ as their head, a mutual communion in spiritual riches. Question, what do we mean by forgiveness of sins? Answer, we mean that there is in the church true power to forgive sins through the merits of Jesus Christ. Question, what do we mean by the resurrection of the body? Answer, we mean that it will come to pass at the end of the world that all the dead will be recalled to life and rise for the general judgment and each body to which in this life it was united will never again be separated from it. Question, why did God will the bodies of the dead should rise again? Answer, God will that the bodies of the dead should rise again in order that the whole man might, according to his merits, obtain everlasting reward in heaven or everlasting punishment in hell. Question, what do we mean by life everlasting? Answer, we mean there is prepared for the elect after death a perfect and never failing happiness in heaven while eternal pains of hell await for the reprobate. And that is the third section, and I do believe this is the last section on the creed. So, I really appreciate you guys listening. Thank you for your time. I'm praying for you. And um, have a good day. Bye-bye.